Ephesians 1, 15 through 19, it's a section. It really boils down to 15 through 2.10 is a section that is important to understand. But you can get lost if you're not careful because of the nature of how it breaks up. It's a prayer that leads to a discussion um, that leads to all these little inserts, these parenthetical inserts in the midst of the discussion. Most of you, we've taken you through it, but when you're taking somebody through it, it's important to don't let them get lost uh, through the through the uh, the nature of how it's laid out in verses. So verse 15 says, Now for this reason too, having heard of the, um, and in the Greek it says, the according to you faith, or the faith according to you, um, of the faith in the Lord Jesus, they, they, they translate it, which exists among you. But really it's the according to you faith, or the faith that you've pronounced that you have. Uh, and your love for all the holy ones, the saints. Ooh, get fancy. What? Oh, yeah. According to you, there we go. We got the Greek. See? Heard it. It says right there, your faith. Uh, yeah. In the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and the uh, katha umes there, the according to you um, faith which is according to you. Yeah. But it's not which is. It's this, the concept, it's the according to you faith mm-hmm. in the Lord Jesus. In other words, I've heard of uh, the faith of the Lord Jesus according to you. In other words, from your mouth. Um, and the love, your love for all the saints. Now you're going to hold me to them. I have to like constantly refer to the Greek <laughs> there. I just remember it in my head. So... <laughs> Yeah, there it is. So, that's sweet. Um, I know, I like that. The, uh, he says he doesn't cease giving thanks for them. Uh, don't, I, do not give cease, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in, in, in my prayers. Again, this, this faith and love is what you're going to see in, if you pay attention and you're reading the scriptures. You're going to see him somewhere in the beginning of a book give thanks for their faith and their love. Or I've heard of your faith and your love. Your faith and your love, your faith and your love. Whether it's Philippians or Thessalonians or Colossians. Faith and love, faith and love. That's the, uh, that's the two main things. Because you can see people with great faith and without love. And so you don't know if they're a child of God. And you see people with a lot of love and without faith and you don't know if they're a child of God, but when you see faith and love, there's now high probability of, in fact, that they are God's children. Because religion will split up the two. Um, and usually one makes the other, right? If you're, if you're strong in faith and truth and all this stuff, at least from a perspective, from your perspective, and you don't know the real gospel, but you think you do, It'll make you, it'll, it'll grind you down because you've got to perform. And eventually what happens is people then turn to being, either they'll hold in there and they'll solidify, they'll crystallize into this, this um, pillar of, of hardness and truth and faith, you know, whatever, and become rigid in that, but, which makes them not be loving. Or they'll, that'll crush them and then they'll, abandon the particulars of truth and details of, of accuracy for just being loving because this you know, stoic strength of truth crushed them. And so now they just want to abandon truth and go with love because you know, God says love is greater, right? Faith without, uh, without you know, even having great faith, but without love, it's nothing, right? So if love is the greatest thing, then naturally side with that. And that means you throw out being articulate or, or articulate or detailed or caring about truth because it's unloving, you know, to be so rigid about things and blah, blah, blah. And so you see, you can see people with fervent love, at least perceptively, and you can see people with a zeal for God, you know, but not according to truth, right? Not according to truth. 
uh, not in alignment with the good news. So when he says faith and love, that's meaningful to me because after all the years of ministering, I've seen both, but it's not as common to see both in the same person. You see a lot, you see, like I said, a lot of people who have, you know, they're all about following God by faith or they're all about just loving God and just being all squishy and non-articulate. But to see the two come together, that's a beautiful thing. And it does, I can imagine for him, it was very exciting to see those two things. Because I know from Paul's perspective, he had seen a lot of people walk by faith. That is to say, have a zeal for the truth, but not according to knowledge. And so when he sees love, faith, and love, that was exciting to him. Um, do not, he doesn't cease to give thanks for them while making mention in his prayers that the God, his prayer is simply that God would increase their spiritual understanding and unveil truth to them, right? That uh, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, the Lord Jesus, God of the Lord Jesus Christ goes over to verse three, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of unveiling in the true knowledge of him, right? Now, not all the truth had been unveiled yet. Revelation hadn't been written. A lot of books hadn't been written. And so a lot of details hadn't been written. They didn't have Romans, you know. Uh, So he was praying that God would unveil his wisdom to them more and more spiritual wisdom and unveil the true knowledge of Christ to them. I don't first, Kai. Okay, uh, I just had a question that says, um, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the Father of glory. Is that saying God being the Father of glory or Jesus Christ being the Father of glory? No, it's talking about God the Father. Okay. The Father of glory. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, I don't know and then I don't have a this isn't the only place where it talks about having a spirit of something. Yeah, spirit of wisdom, spirit of fear, spirit of whatever. And I, maybe it's just the wording that's like confusing me, but I've always wondered when I come across those things, like, is that like a separate, not that it's like a separate spirit, but what does he mean when he's like a spirit of this or a spirit of that? Well, or? the of a lot of times is deceptive, right? Because being possessive, it's a spirit of something, therefore it's spiritual wisdom. Okay. Oh, it's, it's like uh, it's like saying the um, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, okay. right? That's in your mind, in your spirit's mind, mm-hmm. which is just the silliness of the translation, right? Because the king they they can't get away from the King James way of translating it, because number one they don't understand it. If you don't understand something, then you fail to translate it properly, <coughs> because you're you simply don't know what it means. So if you don't know what something means. People tend to translate it in its like rawest, most unintelligible form. Because if you do that, at least you're not saying it means something, right? Ellen? Sorry. You're not saying this is what it means. You're just yes. saying this, the Greek says this, blah, blah, blah. So you think more accurately, like if it said a spirit of love, it would just be spiritual love or spiritual wisdom. It depends on the context, but in this case, it would be spiritual wisdom. Spirit of wisdom will be spiritual wisdom and unveiling. So, um, in the true knowledge of Him. In in reality, you could probably translate it specifically in relation to the true knowledge of Him. Because a lot of times the and was more of a redefining of the moment there. Um, But it's all within the same genre of reality that he would give them spiritual wisdom, which we all pray for, you know, or should be praying for. And, that, and we don't have to pray necessarily for him to unveil the true knowledge of Christ to us. We have to pray that we get it. <laughs> we, we understand what's written already because it's already there. They didn't have the books. We have the books. So we have to work hard to actually to, to seek to understand it. So verse 18 um, where are we at there? Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. 
verse 18, or excuse me, uh, yeah, verse 18, should say, since the eyes of your heart have been enlightened. Now, most of you know that. This one says that the God of our, you know, Father Glory, um, it says, may be enlightened on most texts. You know, I pray that, or I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. But in reality, it's, it's a participle. It's a verb, perfect, passive participle. Uh, masculine, plural. So it's... Being it, done. It, it has been done. Perfect tense is something that's completed from... A completed action with, with a permanent effect. Thus, it's a perfect tense. What does it say here on side 18? Literal is being. Because it's your eyes of your heart are, are, well, because they're not even accurate with the literal. It's literally has been. So uh, or since, since. That's why you add the word since in there because you're representing the perfect tense. The perfect tense, you add in the word since or you know, because um, the since the eyes of your heart have been, that those three words, the since have been, would represent the perfect tense participle. And that's what they messed up Which on. Which is enlightened. Well, the word enlightened, the, the word enlightened is a participle. And so you're, yeah, the word enlightened in, in, the, in the text is a big old fat participle there, as you can see. And the literal being is closer, like it's in a state of being. It's like having been being in life, like yeah. Being it's up to being. Yeah, yeah. Being you could kind of understand. It's in a state of being, so state of yeah, it's in a state right? of being. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. But mo- many people would misunderstand that as well, just because they would see being as something as a um, your 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 process of it's becoming. Exactly. As opposed to something that is just an existence. Yeah. Um, Do you think though that there is a process? I mean, even like you just referenced them. Um, I asked you that question a minute ago. Renewing, transforming. Yeah, yeah. Being, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? Is there not? I mean, is this not applicable in the process of maturity? Like, I know we've been enlightened, but then there's the being enlightened in terms of like well being enlightened means that your mind is open to see maturing. now you have because you're a child of light right so you're a child of light you are enlightened like you have the ability your eyes that's what that's the rest of it, it says um uh your heart the eyes of your heart that's the discussion Right, so the eyes of your heart now are full of light, like they can see, they are enlightened, which means they have full of light, which means that they have the ability now to actually see full clear. There's no shadow blocking us from understanding the mystery of Christ, right? So you're, 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 there's, we're in full light, like Jesus said, if you walk in the light, you won't stumble, right? Your eyes are clear, you can see very clearly. And so as far as like our ability to see, it is fully there fully there. Uh, it's a matter of the process of maturing in the truth, the true knowledge of Christ. I guess it's part two then, so that you will know. Yeah. Which will be the process right. of The process is the next three things he wants them to know about. Two things he's already talked about in short form, and the third one he's going to talk about because it's important uh, for them to get that point, as it is for most uh, certainly Christians today, they don't understand the third point. And that's the one that, say, Chris didn't get either. They just don't pay attention to it. It's what is, what are, and what is. Right? What is, what are, and what is. There's three points that he makes. And first one is, he wants them to know something. He wants them to know what is um, the hope of his calling. Now, he's talked about that. Up in verse 4, he chose us before the foundation of the world. Then he predetermined us through the adoption of sons, right? So that's the hope of the calling, is sonship, eternality, for you know, all that good stuff. So we got that down, right? Forgiveness of sins, the whole nine yards. Uh, we understand the calling because the calling would be, what am I called to? Well, sonship, right? Predetermined to sonship. So he wants us to know about that. He's already talked about that. Then he says, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the holy ones. 
And the word in the holy ones is really among the holy ones because it's the word in. And when you have in the group of or in the sphere of or in the circle of, then it would be among us, right? So it'd be like, he'd want us to know, a way to understand this is, he'd want us to know what is the, the, the glory of his inheritance for all of us, right? That we all share in would be a better way of understanding it. So when he says in, in the saints or in the holy ones, it's among them or to collectively with them or the stuff you all get. Huh? Yeah. I know. The word in, the very first thing you learn about hermeneutics in, in, in the, from the Greek is, is understanding the nature of in. Like in is, it could be inside of, it could be among, it could be, like it could be in the sphere of, it could be next to. So the word in is used very, um, very liberally in, in the way that it's, it's used. So there's not, whereas in the English, there's a lot of words to describe something. In the Greek, there's not. There's just a word, and they expect you to use your intellect to get it, right? So if you don't, if you're King James dudes, you just translate everything by a standard in. And um, it confuses things. Or like the genitive, you just say of, of, of something, and you're like, what the heck is the spirit of your mind of something, something, you know? Like, just your spirit's mind. It's like, say, the car of Greg. You know, it's like, this is Greg's car. We, we translate it as we would know and understand as opposed to saying it in this gr- Greek form. So, because we don't think that way, our brains don't think Yoda, right? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to watch Star Wars a lot to understand, you know, the King James way of thinking. Um, especially the older you get in the versions. But, so the hope of the calling we understand the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. Now, that is something he only whispers about, right? And Jesus talked about it in John 14. He's going to what? Prepare a, a place, a mansion. You know, they call it translated mansions or a, a dwelling place. So really cool places. And the really cool thing about that is I'd say Jesus is probably the most skilled and refined in love. Wouldn't you agree? And knowing that the Father in Christ knows us better than we know ourselves, can you imagine the custom nature of the stuff that he's got prepared? The place he has for you will be customized to your personality, to your preferences, to who you are. So when you get there, you're going to go, oh, you know, it's like one of those movies where somebody, you know, I think of The Prince's Diaries, she comes in, you know, she's like, click. And all pulls back and it's got dresses of all her size and all this stuff. And like everything's kind of customized to her, right? And, and she, like, how did you know kind of thing. So it's, a, it's neat. And I, I know the Lord has so many wonderful things amongst his inheritance. Uh, I think because we see worship of the Father, we think heaven is like a big flat area with a big city in the background. But we're all like in a big like courtyard somewhere just bowing down constantly forever and ever and ever like one of those those little water like uh ducks yeah, that you know, yeah, and like oh like uh and, 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 yeah megamine you know just just that yeah just this is what we're gonna do forever just bowing down forever because i know that's what god would want right yes yeah, just for us to bow down forever and ever. That's his nature. Yes, just go up there and just bow down while he's like, oh, do it again, do it again. I love it. So lovely. Bow down. Yes, once again. Don't worry, you'll never get tired. You'll never get sore. I've made you gloriously powerful to bow down forever and ever more. It's wonderful. Wonderful to see. This is the hope of your calling. Yes, yes. This is the hope of the calling. Don't worry about the streets of gold. Yeah, uh, the, the dwelling places. We need none of that it's nonsense. Just bow. Bow more. I just love it all. It's going to bow forever. Here's a crown. Cast it at me. I love it. It makes me wonderful. <laughs> I love you. Oh, the crowns I gave you. Cast them again. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, oh here. Give it again. Oh, no. Ding. You have them again. Oh, you didn't know that, right? Throw them at me again. Oh, I love it. Oh, that just makes me feel so good. I've been waiting thousands of years for you to throw your crowns at me. I just can't. 
Absolutely not good. Yeah, no, no, no. I, we will cast our crowns, but it'll be a meaningful. But you know what I mean. But throughout, throughout my experience in Christianity, that's about the only thing they ever talk about in heaven. Like we're just gonna go to heaven, worship God forever. I'm like, you mean you're not gonna go out and do anything else? I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's gonna make this. <laughs> Massive heaven and earth for us just to sit around the courtyard and bow down and throw junk at him all the time. He's like, I made the junk, you know. I made the crowns. I don't need your crown thrown at me. We'll do it because it's meaningful to our hearts. He doesn't need the dadgum crown thrown at his feet. He doesn't care about that. It's it's how we feel about him, you know. So it's uh, worship will naturally and, and organically take place in heaven, and it'll be marvelous and lovely. Uh, but you know what I mean? Anyone anyway, making fun for the sake of bringing the point home in that there's a magnificent inheritance. And in chapter two, verse seven, he mentions he can't wait to show us that great, magnificent inheritance he has waiting for us. Right. And, and he also mentions it in, in the book of Romans where he says he can't wait to turn over, or turn around, you know, the um, the uh, the curse. Right. And the, the, all of the the, the um, creation awaits. Right. The uh, unveiling of the children of God, because when we're unveiled, that means the earth is brought back to its pre-fall state. And um, and the animals can breathe again. Right. Mosquitoes stop sucking blood and and uh, all that good stuff. But that will be the no, that's this earth. Even this earth. That's the thousand year reign. See, it's funny. Right now, we're the odd man out, right? We're the odd man out. And the animals are against the children of God. And the world is against the children of God. And Satan's ruling over it, right? But when Christ comes and casts Satan into prison, he turns everything to fit the children of God. And the odd men out are the people on earth that are fallen, yet who live a thousand years or more, right? So they're lost. Now, they're in the awkward ones in the world. And the ones who rule and reign with Christ, that's us, will be, the earth will be fit more for us than it will be for them. So right now, we're odd. We're the, the aliens and strangers. And then during the millennial kingdom, they will be the aliens and strangers because the animals won't be hostile and the earth won't be hostile, right? Poison oak won't be poisonous, right? So they have to name it something else, non-poison oak. No, I don't know, but it's given a new name. Yeah, no one. So, like, when you turn, like, everything's going to change, and it's going to fit our glory, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. And so that, when he says he wants us to know about it, like, there's, you have to contemplate it, right? He's given us enough detail in the Word to think about how magnificent heaven is going to be, and the fact that, I always mention the fact that John sat on a mountain looking down at heaven and heaven is basically built like Minas Tirith, if you've seen Lord of the Rings. It's built into a mountain range, right? It's built 1,500 miles high. So they always say it's a, heaven's a cube. No, it's not a cube. It's built into the mountains. And on top of the mountain is where God's, you know, main place is. And he'll shine from that place. And 1,500 miles, right? That's like a Rubik's Cube on a basketball if it's the size of earth. So whatever the size of that earth is, it's bigger by a lot than this earth. Otherwise, it would be awkward. So this, the, the, the city is massive, huge. It's like if you take you know, Mississippi to California and just turn it up on its end and then do it, you know, that's a mountain range. And John's sitting on the mountain higher than that, looking down into the city. And now you have, that's the new heaven and new earth, right? So he's getting a vision, not a reality, but a vision of what God's making. Or if he's already made it and he just hasn't delivered it yet, right? And so he gets to go there and to see this thing and to sit up and look down and you go, wow, that's a big place. Well, I would imagine if you're God and you want people to have a sense of awe forever, you'd have to make the eternal dwelling 
for millions and millions and millions and maybe billions of people, you'd have to make the dwelling big enough to where it's like you explore it and you, it would take a very long time to do and you, it would take, you know, eternity is not long enough to, to get a grasp on every nut and bolt, every place, every speck of dirt, right, in, in this planet. So the animals must be absolutely magnificently huge and awesome and, and various and, you know, compared to here, it must be tremendous. So the, the, the uniqueness of that place is, is amazing. So that's the, that's, the, that's the inheritance, you know, of the sun. Is this, God's not just going to give him some shabby earth with some shabby city. Um, God wants to display the top notch of his effort toward humans, right? That now he's made his children by giving, making them partake in the divine nature. So now he's going to now do something that's going to display the riches of his glory, Right? So the richness of his glory in an inheritance, that is to say, in a future sort of download of stuff. Right? The sickest motorcycles ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So maybe they will have downhill mountain bike tracks on Oh, you know it. Mm-hmm. We were talking Jesus. about this yesterday. I was like, it would be definitely plausible that we could, like, in the tribulation starts for those seven years and we come back on the backside of that some of those people make it through those seven Absolutely. years Absolutely. like we were talking about it'd be like it'd be funny at the end of seven years so I like log back on my Instagram and like, what's up? <laughs> <We're> back <laughs> this is what just happened <laughs> you take a picture of you now and you're like this glorious thing all the haters are like I'm sorry I ever said that stuff <laughs> You weren't lying, were you? <laughs> now I see where you got your confidence from. You know, why you were the way you were. Yeah, this is what I looked like on the inside. Now you just see it on the inside and the outside. And, I, and they're like, and I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> yes, right. I've got, uh, I'm ruling and reigning with a rod of iron now. Yeah, that's good. It was a cool discussion because we were chatting about just the people he's interacting with, the people I'm interacting with and stuff. And I had never taken the time to consider like from the rapture to coming back for the thousand years. It's just a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Like there really could be people that we're interacting with in our life right now. Well, it's a hundred percent guarantee. Yeah. You know, it's just, well, it, we don't know where how many we will me, know. Where he'll put me on the globe. Right. You don't know exactly <laughs> what district. Aaron's got district. a better chance of being recognized when he comes back after seven years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aaron will definitely be a celebrity in the, in the, uh, in the, in the post, in the post, uh, what do you, uh, chip world. What do you do with people who believe that, like, there is not actually a Kick them in the. Because there's that belief, right? Like the, the A millennials. Yeah, yeah, the A millennials. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel sad. I, 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 you know, I, they, you have a real hard time explaining a third of the Bible if you don't believe the, in the millennial reign. You know? Sure. Sure. Yeah, what they'll do is they'll go and they'll say, well, Nero's name in the Hebrew uh, means 666. And so it's, uh, so Nero was the Antichrist and he's the one who persecuted the church and blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, t- all, all I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying, it, that's, you got to start tearing down and looking right. for ways to do stuff, right? So if you manipulate the name Nero, it doesn't mean that in Latin. You know, if you do it in, 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 in Hebrew, oh, I can stick it in all kinds of languages and manipulate numbers. I mean, it's like a card player, right? A card player can manipulate cards and mathematicians can manipulate math to, in their favor to, uh, 
to represent things. Um, but bottom line is if, if you want that to be the case, then you're going to make that happen. But where that, come, that doctrine comes from, it, it came from the early church dudes, right? Because God wiped out Israel and they were gone. There was no one there. And in the same way that people believe that Israel was never going to come back after Nebuchadnezzar took them into captivity, and they did, people thought there's no way that Israel's going to come back, even though it was like 70, it was actually like 90 years from the third captivity of Nebuchadnezzar's time. Uh, it was, it was uh, you know, 1900 years almost to the, to the day almost that Israel came back and was reestablished as a nation. Right, not as a people, but as a nation, and so people couldn't fathom. Like um, the amillennial belief was very common up until 1950. Yeah. Once 1950 happened, because 1948, when Israel went back in the land, that's when people began to reassess doctrine. So. Uh, uh, the, the belief of Jesus actually reestablishing himself because now Israel is literally back in the land and they just fought the seven day war and they whooped us not out of, so, so of Syria and Egypt. A, a figurative, like um, Jesus is head over the spiritual Israel, which is. The- yeah, they'd say we're the spiritual Israel. And um, it's funny, it mirrors Israel when they say, well, Israel's the, the suffering Messiah. You know, in other words, they don't believe in the Messiah of Isaiah 53. Uh, they'll say, we are that suffering servant. And Israel is the suffering servant who will continue to pay for their sins through the sufferings until God raises them up one day and exalts them. So they have an awe. Uh, they have sort of, a, that's, yeah, that's, that, that, that's, what, that's how they view uh, those who are intellects. Most Jewish people don't even know there is an Isaiah 53. But those who do know of Isaiah 53, that's what they believe. And so, because that's the only way they can, they can explain it away. They, say, they put themselves, yeah, we're the ones suffering. We're the ones who went through the Holocaust. We're the ones who went through the, the, the suffering of, of, uh, of Rome and so forth and so on. Still suffering to this day and blah, blah, blah. So, the, uh, the Amil is much like that. You just start seeing things how you want to see them as opposed to looking at them in reality. And I understand, I mean, I would have probably fallen into that too, you know, back in 1650, you know, right? I mean, if I was, well, there is no Israel and they're gone, so that can't mean the Messiah is going to come back into play. There's just a, it's, an, it's a wasteland, nobody lives there. So, you know, just a bunch of camel people walking through and some dead skeletons of animals. And so it was uh, the crusaders occasionally swapping, you know, spit with the grit and spit and blood with, the, with the, the Muslims in the area. And the only thing that really meant anything was the Dome of the Rock, but there was no real city or anything like that. It was just, a, it was just like a, a place where they go worship occasionally. So it wasn't like it was an important place, a strategic place. There was nothing significant about it. And uh, except that, you know, when Britain went in to control the Suez Canal there and build that thing and, and, and for trade eventually they, they wanted that area for that reason but that's a different story but the um, there was nothing important about it. so once Israel came back in the land that made everybody go oh oh this is possible right and then Israel became a nation 67 I believe it is and the world went oh we've been wrong I guess the word of God was literal I guess the book of Revelation is real, right? Um, that's why they almost left the book of Revelation out because it spoke to the future of Israel, right? Uh, and, you know, thankfully it was close enough to John's time and John's disciples were alive during the time of the formation of solidifying the New Testament books early on uh, that by the time, you know... Uh, Constantine ratified the 27 books under his Pope, at least that one didn't get left out. Many maybe did, but not that one. And so that, that's, we're grateful for that, you know. I'm sure Satan would have loved to have kicked the book of Revelation out because it speaks of him. <laughs> it speaks of him. I didn't know that this... He didn't do much. I've never heard of this since you just brought it up. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Amil? Oh, Amil is like I it was the it thing. was the premier not belief. So, what is the for what years? The belief? They, they just belief? kind of don't define it. They just, really. they, well, it, it's all over the place all. because once. So, is there no yeah. rapture? So, there is, but they think the actual Thalamir reign is like happening now in Christ. Yes. Like currently reigning. Like and many of them would say there is okay. no uh, rapture. Like, they don't. Like, my dad would be. So, is there an end of world? End of time? It's like. I don't know. For him, he just like if I've asked him, like, well, what do you actually think is gonna happen? He's like, I don't really know, honestly. But it, if <clears throat> Greg, isn't it like those chapters, like Isaiah and and Luke, where it kind of switched back and forth, and there's these transition points where you can see, you know, after these things, da da da, it's gonna happen, whatever. They they're very rigid on those. So they fit it into one box and say, okay, right. this is the one box we know it represents. And therefore, everything else is exactly after that, rather than saying, okay, that's a point. Now, okay, there's Right, it'd be like Luke 21, where he says, but before all these things, they'll lay hands on you. Right. So what he does is he talks, like say in Luke 21, he talks about the end times, right? He's blah, 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 blah. He's going on about it. And then he switches gears and says, but before all these things, they will lay hands on you and they will deliver you over to governors and stuff and so forth. Not before, so he switches years. from the future to the present disciples, right? Before all these things, before Jerusalem surrounded, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to do these things to you. Um, and they're going to uh, surround the city. The Romans going to surround the city, run for the hills. So he speaks of, say, in Luke 21, he speaks of the captivity of Israel and the destruction of Israel and tells the disciples, don't stick around for that, right? Don't stay in Israel or in Jerusalem when the city falls. Run to the hills. Get away. And so uh, because there was a three-year warning period, this, the, the, the war started in Caesarea in 67. And so... That's where the Roman and Jew, Jewish conflict started, and then it migrated as, as Rome backed Israel into Jerusalem and surrounded them. People had plenty of time to leave. Oh, this is it. You know, we've got three years now, they're fighting, so we better get out of here. You know, the disciples and all the believers needed to leave before he crushed the city and destroyed it. So that three year you know, period was their warning time. Uh, but, anywho. The, so everything they can't explain, they just then say, well, it's not literal, it's figurative. Or they say, you know, like, like King of Tyre, mean, King of Tyre can't have a double meaning where it also meant, oh, it's talking about Satan. Right. Know, or whatever, they just, it's, it's kind of a rigid... Well, that's hypocritical thing. because they can say, well, uh, here's my statement to them, okay? So I guess the Davidic kingdom, which represented the righteous reign of Christ, is is already over because David was that Messiah. Oh, maybe Solomon, who brought in a, a kingdom of peace, he fulfilled that one since, you know, the Messiah's whatever. So it was, you know, it's like, if, if you, if you want to you spiritual, quote unquote, spiritualize everything, well, let's spiritualize it all equally. That means it's all nonsense and you can know nothing and everything that was said that's going to happen has already happened and we're kind of floating in lostness and we have no hope of understanding anything because if you really, if you, you make it, Symbolic and, and spiritual, as somebody would call spiritual or whatever, then it's all over, and we're basically just should be thinking about building houses and talking and just just bow down some more. Let's just bow down some more, sing some more songs, and do some stuff, right? Make up some more laws to live by. So that's pretty much what what it leads to. That's why they're the frozen chosen. That's why you know all mills tend to be so, um, you know, so frozen. Yeah, so the frozen chosen. Yeah. I've never heard that. Really? Frozen chosen? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the Presbyterians, the frozen chosen. Because they're, they're, they're without love. <laughs> you know, at least that's, that was the, 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 the thing's been going on for back, back in a long time ago. Uh, yeah. So in reality, we do have inheritance. You know, there is going to be a rapture because he lays that out quite well. Don't be alarmed. It's going to happen. And here's exactly how it's going to happen. Telling them in Thessalonians and in 1 Corinthians 15 in more detail, talking about, you know, how, okay, let me tell you, baby language. 
the, you know, the earthly body was earthly because it's from earth, okay? And the spiritual body is spiritual because it's spiritual, you know? Like Jesus' spiritual body, huh? Yeah, right? Yeah, you're going to get that one day. And it's going to happen in the the twinkling of an eye and blah, 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 right? Those who are dead already are going to come get theirs first. And those who aren't dead, that's going to mean logically to be people on the earth that are not dead yet, are going to receive it at that point. And they're second. And it'll all happen really, really quick, like the twinkling of an eye, which is the amount of time it takes for light to go through the cornea and the retina. So, you know, super quick, bam. So we'll just leave and our, you know, hopefully our clothes will be left. I think it'd be super cool. We'll get new clothes. And uh, that way people will be like talking to you and just the clothes will be standing there for a second, just fall to the ground. You know. What just happened? Like that. Oh, check out my cake. It flows super cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I want, I want some new duds, heavenly duds. But, um, and so, you know, we'll be raptured and we'll be taken up. And at that point, there'll be the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so that, that's why I think there's a little gap between the rapture and the tribulation because I believe um, there'll be the rapture and, and there'll be a, a download, like a debrief, a celebration, all that kind of stuff. And then there'll be a time of debriefing. Okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, we're going to be in the know when it comes to the work of Jesus Christ. He's our brother now. We're, we're co-heirs in the inheritance. We're ruling and reigning with him. So naturally, there's going to be a debrief. Right, and here's how it's going to go down, and so we're going to be up there getting briefed and enjoying our life while we're doing that, but watching this thing, and we're going to be in awe. Naturally, heaven goes silent for a half hour. I mean, think of heaven being completely silent for a half hour. What are those people going to do when casting their crowns all the time for a half hour? You know, they, they stop worship for at least a half hour. Can't be. <laughs> I mean, so You're going to take a break to sit on a cloud with a halo and yeah, strum a heart. Yeah, I know. That's what they used to tell us when we were little. Like, you go to heaven, that's the picture. Sitting yeah, yeah. A harp and a halo. <laughs> so you get this, this, this debrief, and then in some way, at some point, the, the, the tribulation in its, in its proper sequence starts unfolding. Uh, or the day of the Lord, or, or whatever, whatever you call it, that he calls it at that time. And then we participate in whatever way. He doesn't need us to help him fight a battle. He has the angels for that as well as himself. He's the one who, with the word of his mouth, the sword from his mouth, the word word of God, obliterates everybody, right? And then we come in and we rule and reign and we govern with him on the earth. And that's why the earth can be, when, when when the rulership and the governing body is perfect and eternal and sinless, then the earth can match that, right? Because the authority over the earth is a sinless authority and is a perfect rule. Therefore, those inside of that now are benefiting from this perfect earth and this perfect rule and this perfect governance, uh, but uh, are still sinful and need to be saved. And that's why Israel, who will be the closest to him, from the human standpoint, we will not be the evangelists. It says Israel, well, we don't know what we may be, but we, it says Israel will be the ones who will be going out and evangelizing the world. Um, that's the 144,000? No, that's all of the people left in Israel after the tribulation period. 144,000 will, will, will during the tribulation period. Yeah. So the 144,000... Israel, he is Israel. Yeah, yeah, he is Israel, right, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is it? I have a question that's somewhat related, just because Alicia and I have been talking about this recently. Sure. What is it? Matthew 30. Remember when they're talking about Jesus, about the woman who married the brothers, and blah, blah, blah. And he says, You're wrong because you. It doesn't say there's not sex. Right. So 
And in fact, there very well may be. But there's not marriage in the way you think of marriage. There may be relationship that's a, one that you bind yourself to someone like that. It very well may be your wife, you know, that you've been here with. But it's not the way it, it's not like it is on earth. So, and I think Luke speaks to that as well, you know. Um, so I do have a chance. But, yes, Kai says, so I do have a chance. <laughs> So you're you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) 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 We know that angels can have sex, right? And we we know that there are many different kinds of angels probably female versions and male versions. So I don't understand all of that. I know whatever does go on there is pure and good um, and is, is honorable to people and not defrauding to anyone, right? So I know that the relationships that will exist, that you'll have, you know, if it's with your now wife, um, then it'll be the way it is. You know, it'll be a great relationship. Um, I don't know. No one really knows the full no, parameters no, of. Your yeah, but but that's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But that would be after. Don't we have our new bodies? We have our new bodies during the. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, so that would be interesting to see if if that you know the relationship continues because I know, of course, spiritually speaking. You neither found you're not considered male or female, slave or free, Jew or Greek, right? As as Galatians says, um, but 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 in you know anatomically, if you will, you will be a male or a female. You you know you will have a gender. As a cherub is different from a cherubim is different from a seraphim. You know they they're not all the same. One has like four heads and whatever, and Michael only has one head, you know, <laughs> it's like, or four faces, and Michael has one face. So when you're, when you're thinking in terms of different kinds of angels and different kinds of purposes, um, you you're, you're definitely have different creatures, different creations in heaven, and uh, most likely you have some female types of, of them as well. Yeah, you think so. about we, I mean, it's more than just anatomical. It, like your experience on earth is the experience of a male or the experience of a female. So you lived in a female. But, I mean, you just you couldn't separate yourself from the memories of what life Correct. was like having been lived in the body of one or the other. Correct. So then in your opinion, do you think there will be rebirth? Well, I think your new body will be a female body. But do you think there could, will be or could be reproduction? God help us if it's a male body. That'd be weird. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Bearded women in heaven, that's going to be weird, man. I'm sorry, what was Lots of humor here. So, like, because obviously the angels hypothetically speaking yes there could be reproduction in heaven for sure 100 percent. because he made them to have sperm and the sperm works with a human right so that means that the kind some kinds of angels maybe not all kinds but some kinds of angels correspond properly with humanity right so that means that the creation of some angels are based upon the same structural design as a human is. So, but if he created them that way, do you think that the angels reproduce amongst the angels? That's very possible. Why not? I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> I can tell you this, from the writings of the ancient writings of the angels, they do say they have wives. 
Isis is the wife, Ishtar, Ashra is the wife of Enki. And he had a son named Marduk, who was in his mind not a half-breed, but his legitimate son so was an angel. So I don't know if any of that's true, but that is what he claims to be the truth. And Marduk was the one who God himself mentions and by name and says, I'm going to make sure no one ever worships you again. Because he wanted to be Lord of the Earth, Marduk did. And, that, and of course, it's funny because all of his, uh, the, uh, the Anakim mentioned in, 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 in Judges, right? The book of Judges, Joshua's time. The Anakim, which was that, was that people. He was part of the Anakim. Um, Inki was the Lord of the, over them. And the Anakim was sort of the, the, his, his lesser, they weren't servants, they were the lesser of the, they weren't royal. Whereas Inki and Enlil were brothers and, and Marduk was the son of Ish, Isis or Ishtar. And, and Marduk was a legitimate son of them, right? And so he felt because his father was sort of the main ruler and he was going to leave, they were all going to leave. He wanted to remain and rule the earth. And God says, I'm going to make, and he wanted to rule sort of centralized in Egypt. And all the Anakim laughed at him, like, because he started lying about him creating the heavens and the earth and all this stuff to the peoples. And they were like, ah, you created the heavens and the earth, you're an idiot. Basically, anyway, made him mad. So, it's like a stupid soap opera of a bunch of idiots. That's what it sounds, you know. It is, it's, but, but nonetheless, there is, there is at least testimony that there, was, that there were angels that were married and that did have children, which coincides with, I think, I think that's why, uh, was it Tolkien? Wrote, Tolkien. no, who wrote Lord of the Rings? Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien. I think that's where he got his understanding yeah, of the, uh, the, Valar. the Valar. A lot of because the Valar were spirits that could take on a male or female form and they would bind them and then they got married. So, a lot of them had anyway, a just or kind of. Son or so, but how do you fit that with like the, or how does that make sense with the verse that Matt first brought up, which is they won't marry nor be given in marriage, but will be like angels in heaven, which implies that they don't get married. Yeah, they're not given, but that doesn't mean that you you don't make a choice. In other words. It's not the same ceremony, is what he's saying. It's like the angels. But if you don't know what the angels are like, then you don't know what the heck he's talking about. This would be because marriage on earth is supposed to represent Christ and the bride. Yeah, and, and so it's not that. It's, it, would be a, it would be an agreement between just two people. Huh? Yeah, basically a... a, a being married again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Are you looking at him? I said, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, if you die first and I get there, oh boy. That's like those little things that the woman punches you for like having, you know, she has a dream that you cheated on her and she's, like, she's mad at you. You have to apologize to her for cheating, for, for her having a dream that you cheated on her, right? That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. You're like praying, Jesus, thank you for this day and I look forward to being with you one day and I hope Matt's having a good time but he better not be with some woman. Hey, <laughs> sure. Anyway, so you be looking out after him and uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we had a deal. We had a deal. Yeah, what am I paying you for? <laughs> you so, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. It is a very strange thing. I, it doesn't bother me that it's awkward because I trust that God's integrity is there. Right? The beauty of his love and all that. And it'll be... Yeah, but, uh, but that's what comforts me to know that that will answer everything and that yeah. whatever the scenario is, it will be happy and good and yeah. Yeah. meaningful. Like, we'll be contented and happy with it, you know? But then there's that other, like, 
NDEs that talk about how like people who die and they don't have that affection or they don't have that care for like the people left on Earth. That's because they don't have bodies. Yeah, but a lot of NDEs like do indicate like that like familial relationships here yes. are still important. They feel, they, they feel a connection to the spiritual, but not to the flesh. So, like, they'll see their husband and children and be like, done with them. But when they get to heaven, they're like, Grandma, this is the most wonderful thing ever. So they feel the connection with the spiritual person. But they don't feel a connection with an earthly person. But Yeah, that was crazy. He goes up and, and sees them. He's, they're they're going up together, and she's like, "You have to go back," yeah. you know, because he's still Ooh. down there, all blown apart. That one's heavy. That one's heavy. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did get remarried. Really precious. Yeah. It was you know. The, he still had a very strong relationship up there. Like they recognized who they were. You know. Yes. Um, it was a little bit different than the than the relationship with somebody who's mentally has like people left on earth it was more in that spiritual form like I said this less human but when we get new bodies we get that new we get that what I always said that, that the body is an upgrade right so the the feelings of affection and love and the way that we feel them now will be carried on and even purified and better there that's why when that we get that new body it will be an upgrade from what we have spiritually by itself I believe that fully because I think it enhances our, our, our existence so whatever life you would have spiritually it'll be better in heaven with a body or why would we even get one yes or why would we get one right because why would what would the height of his glorious grace be a body right well because it's better so it's better Kate goes yep. first, and you go first. Kate gets remarried here. Yeah. Uh oh. Now we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like those reels I've seen a few of them on Instagram. Like, it's going to be one heaven. In fact, people will say, You know, we want you to be happy. No, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> False. 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 Better not remarry. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Hastiness. Bye, Janae. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. The second one closest to us. There you go. That's the one. There was war in heaven, but not technical war. It's more like war between two women and marriage. Thank God. Oh, so that's all funny. Those are actually legit questions, though. It's fun. Um, there is a there is a way in which angels relate, and we don't know what it is. It would have been not. Been, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, Jesus. You just said it's like the angels were ignorant. Proceed. <laughs> Fill us in. Oh, Fill us in. Yeah, I have so many questions. It's just I'm so full of questions. So, you know he did. You know he did. You know, Peter and they were like, you know that conversation earlier about the wife thing? Now, my wife's going to be really mad at me if I don't get answers to this because she heard it. She's like looking at me like this already. So I'm like, well, tell me about this. I got to give her some answers. So... I bet, I bet I was there was like, some more information. I know I would have been asking that question immediately. Like, what? Give me some details. This is freaking me out. I don't know if Paul's like, so, well, I think it's better not to get well, that was good. Shock um, So next week, we'll continue. We'll continue verse 19 since we've kind of wrapped up on this. But, but yes, the inheritance is going to be great. He wants us to, huh? He wants us to, to know what? are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And I think it's important to contemplate those things. That's all part of um, the contemplation of your rewards, right? Because there's the general standard of ridiculous blessing and co-heirship with Christ that's just a standard package deal, right? And then on top of that, there's your particular rewards of (coughs) honor and whatever stuff you know um, that that he 
designs to give you, to honor you, and to bless you in eternity for your service here on earth. And the, the sacrifices and the love and the faith and all the, all the aspects of spiritual maturity walking itself out. Oh, we're back so soon. working itself out and you'll be um, rewarded. So thinking on the inheritance is important, you know. I should probably do that. I mean, but he knows better than you anyway. Yeah. Or a Vitamix blender. Yeah, I need to. I need to. I need to draw out some designs. <laughs> Definitely gonna include a motocross track, supercross track. We're gonna have. Uh, gotta have a mountain behind it so I can like have a downhill trail. Golf course. Gotta have a golf course on it. Or maybe just ask God to put you higher up on the. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that's a good question. Why not? It won't. It ain't gonna hurt. I think it's. It, if nothing else, it's something to relate on. And then maybe there is value in it. I've never thought about it. You know, he doesn't necessarily say to do that, but why not? You know, I think that's cool. Um, I think what she was saying was like things that you want on earth. So like no, she said things you want in heaven no, in eternity. You were lying by that. You don't remember? I like. You told me that you were thinking about houses. What? Doberman horses! I like that one. That's cool. And you get to ride them around. Yeah. How about mini Doberman horses? Because that's pretty big. Doberman horse. You want to cuddle with the horse? That's a big. That's a big one. What about Chihuahua Doberman? Yeah. So we can pray for surf then, right? Absolutely. Maybe he just has a big surf wave machine because there's no ocean there, but I bet he can create some sick waves. Perfect for all <laughs> Sharks will like be friendly to you. They come out and they like give you a little hugs and kisses before you go surfing. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just like do this with their tail and like create like this sick way. Just ride it out. I know it's neat. He says in the in the uh, scriptures that. The kings of the earth will bring their glories into it. Yeah. It says the kingdoms of the earth will bring their glories into it, the new heaven and the earth. That means that the greatest of the height of invention and creativity will be brought into, in some way or another, heaven. So Ferraris, Lamborghinis, sick motorcycles, stuff, right? Sick, cool stuff. In other words, the height of what a kingdom could make. So TikTok in our case. Oh, no. I don't know. Heavenly TikTok would probably be pretty fun, I guess. I'm sure God's got some creative things to make us laugh. But we better start thinking of some cool stuff before we get there. I get anything heavenly, like like Tim, what was it, Titus 1, it says, to the pure, all things are pure. Yeah. So you can take anything or just purify it and yes. make it uh, make it great. You know? That's awesome, though. <laughs> Matt really wants TikTok. <laughs> I want something like it. I want something that makes me dance all funny when I go on to the TikTok. Uh, so, yeah. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what that means that the kingdoms of the earth will bring their glory into it, which means the height of what great things that kingdom has produced. Like say, if it's olive oil or if it's whatever. In other words, whatever the height of a kingdom has made, something like that will be represented maybe in heaven. Um, I don't know what that means except what it says. And so in Revelation, right? I don't know, type it in. I just hope that, that the kingdoms of the earth will bring their God. I think it's the last chapter in Revelation, but I don't know. Could be in Isaiah for all I know. I just I just memorize stuff and I forget where I memorize it. 
Let's see. Say, what is it? Yeah, I thought it was the last chapter. Last few chapters. Yeah, the nations will walk by the light, its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So, I don't know what that means, but it means what it means. So, whatever that means, that's what it means. <laughs> It's funny in the next verse where it says, in the daytime. Yeah, in other words, it's going to be really good stuff, man. It's funny in the next verse where it says, in the daytime, for there will be no night, its gates will be, but it will never be closed. So its gates will never be closed. Yeah. So the doors will be locked open. <laughs> yes. Well, let's, uh, huh? And then we'll bring the glory and the honor of the nations into, into it. Right. So it's it's very interesting. That means something important, but I don't know what it means because he doesn't tell us. So. Some, when you say the glory of something, that means that the height of what that 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 uh, nation can produce, like technology or, or or ingenuity or you know whatever cool invention um, that that nation has in every area, art uh, and, and and like I said, invention and food, whatever. So some aspect of the greatness of all the greatest aspects of kingdoms. We represented in heaven in some way or another, so I think that's neat. Sorry, man. As well, TikTok's a type of kingdom. <laughs> no, China is produced. That's a that's a that's the height of the of their uh, of their, if you will, it, their their social platform. Is what why he said that. China eggs. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No, no, not a, not those. Pesky androids. Those lowly androids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take a bet. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, let me pray and close, and then we can just eat and talk and continue to goof off. Father, thank you so much for this time of blessing and talking about. Wonderful and fantastic, a wonderful and fantastic future that we have set apart for us. We pray that you would bless those who got a chance to hear the gospel and see our lives as a light, hear your words, hear our testimonies of salvation, that you'd bless them and draw them to you. And that uh, in our absence, that You'd bring your word to them in whatever way is best to you. And that you would um, bless them and save them. And we go back in a few weeks that you would give us the opportunity to share more of your word and your testimony to them. I pray you're, you'd prepare the way. And um, tonight, that you would bless our hearts, fill us with joy and happiness, thinking about all the goodness that you have prepared for us. I know you want us to to be rejoicing in that, and we are. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.